want as your father by the grace of God to express my appreciation and blessings to the church, the hashtag the real agape for all nations ministry international in the country Malawi. I speak greetings to the church in Malawi in the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Hamashiach. I send greetings to the Church of God in Zambia. I speak blessings upon the Church of God in Zambia. In the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Mashiach, even as I release blessings uh, to those who are in Zimbabwe, different parts, I release blessings upon the Church of God in Zimbabwe at this time. In the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Mashiach, releasing blessings to all the evangelists, uh, senior evangelists, and all the other evangelists and the envoys uh, in in the in different parts of the world. I release blessings also uh, through the senior envoys in Kenya uh, and other people who are my beloved children, leading different parts of the vision and the satellites that will, that are mushrooming in their countries, in Swaziland, in Lesotho. Uh, even in uh, Uganda, I greet my beloved children who are in Uganda. I greet Uganda. I greet my beloved children in South Africa who are uh, going to come out of the woodworks in in a, in a matter of days or in weeks to come. I speak my blessings upon the Church of God in the United States of America, where all my where my children are. I have the blessing of God be upon them. I speak the blessing of God the Father upon my beloved children in Botswana, in Nigeria. I speak the blessing of God the Father upon my children in here, here in, in, in the United Kingdom, in England, uh, in Northern Ireland in Scotland, uh, in Wales, and those of my beloved children, of course, who are based at, uh, who are within the areas, uh, other areas of this country, in all the other towns, Birmingham, uh, Manchester, Sheffield, Nottingham, uh, my children, they are there, in all these cities. The God of Agape bless you as England is blessed through you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know there are some of my children who are in England, who are online right now. I will not mention them by name. But your God, the God of Agape, is with you as he has led you to come to your Father. And I release the blessing of God the Father upon the Church of God in Scotland. Hallelujah. The people of God who love God. And God bless you. I love you, Scotland. Hallelujah. I release the blessing of God the Father upon my beloved children in other parts of Europe. Uh, glory to the name of the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. I speak the blessings of the Lord upon my beloved children and the Church of God in Namibia. Let the God of Agape be with them, even in that country, in the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Mashiach. I speak the blessing of God the Father upon my beloved children who have given to me in Ethiopia and in Italy. Even as God has allowed me to go into all these countries. I speak the blessing of God the Father upon my beloved children in Barbados. Even as God has given me children in those places, I speak the blessing of God the Father upon my beloved children um, uh, in other parts of the world where I've yet to go. And everywhere where I've been, the God of Agape has opened the door for me to have children in those parts. And I trust that you shall be on, you shall see them coming on board. I speak the blessing of God the Father upon my beloved children in Mozambique. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Our God is a very good God. So let the name of the Lord be glorified as I release the blessing of God the Father upon all my beloved children throughout Africa, in other parts of Africa. The God of Agape has touched the whole continent. The God of Agape has touched the whole continent of the, of the United States of America. The God of Agape has touched the whole continent of Europe. 
Hallelujah. The God of Agape touched the whole continent of Asia. God is a good God. As I release blessing upon my beloved children who are in the woodworks in, in Australia and Australasia, in China, Russia, and other parts of Europe and Asia. Father God, our God is a good God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you in the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Mashiach for yet another day that you have allowed me to be with your people and your children on this awesome day. Just as we are preparing, Father God, for the month called November. I give you praise and glory and honor, my Father, for it is finished to start. It is finished that we are finishing this month to start yet another month. The month of November is a month of great breakthrough, oh my Father. It's a month of victory by your grace and mercy. The month of November, my Father, is a month of releasing of blessing upon your people. And that your church will march on from stage to stage, from glory to glory. In the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Mashiach. Father God, I thank you as I release your blessing upon your people even at this moment. And I ask your blessing and your grace to cover me sufficiently so that I can release your word to your people even on this day. In the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Mashiach, the God of Israel, the God of Agatha, the only God who is and was and always will be, the only God that we worship. There is no other God besides you, the Almighty God, the Holy One of Israel. I thank you, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the opportunity you have given to me once again by your grace and only by your grace and your mercy that I may be able to address your people once again on this day. And ever me, Almighty Father, as I share your word, O Father God. That word which has become as logos, O Father God, and the word which also came as Rema, Father God, is released now, O Father God, as a Rema package to your people by the grace of God, by your grace, O Mighty Father. Later, but I pray that you sanctify their ears, O Father God, that even they shall share among each other, O Father God. Let this word minister grace into their lives as you take your church from glory to glory. In the mighty name of the Lord, Yeshua Mashiach, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Right now, those who are hearing my voice live at this particular point in time, like I said, I pray that you will receive the blessings of God, the one who appointed me to be your father. It's only a father who can release a blessing. I release blessings upon you uh, that who have identified and understood that you need to be under the guidance and under the wings and under the umbrella of your father. You have the covering of your father. We release the blessing of your father, not just remote control, but you are in here, you are in the house, you are with your father, going yonder with your father. The God of Agape will honor you and bless you like even as some will realize and to come on board as they will know, understand in time that the vision is real, the vision was given to one man and only one man, and that one man will, will continue to run with the vision as long as he is alive. According to biblical precedents, it's only one vision. There is only one visionary for every vision. There is never two visionaries. So we thank God for you who are here on board today. I pray that the word of God that God has placed upon my heart today will bless your lives and will enrich you in your spiritual walk. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our God is a good God. Let's go straight into the word of God. Of course, I've sent greetings already and blessings to the rest of the church all over the world. Because uh, so many of my children who are looking for their father now, they now know the truth. And the word of God says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Is that right? Yes. You know it's that right. Set you free. I've told you before <laughs> that you should know 
uh, he shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That is the word of God that we know. Indeed, God is releasing his children from the bondage of lies. Uh, hallelujah. Let us uh, share the word of God together. First uh, Kings chapter 20. That's where uh, our word is coming from. Uh, we are going to take the reading from verses 1 to 7. That's our anchor scripture. Uh, that anchor scripture is also echoed, is the same story, echoed in the book of Isaiah, chapter 38, verses 1 to 6. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the, mm-hmm. prophet, I- and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt mm-hmm. die not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, for Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again, and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, behold, I will heal thee. On the third day there shall go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days, Fifteen years. Verse 6. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, and they took and laid it on the boil. And he recovered. Yeah, okay. Very good. Very good. And he recovered. Hallelujah. 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 In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. The word of God says, Second Kings chapter 20, verse 1. You see, there is a king there, Hezekiah. The word of God says he was sick unto death. Death. And the second sentence, after releasing or introducing the king and the condition of the king, immediately, <laughs> I told you before that according to the vision and the plan of God, Israel can only be ruled by either a king or a king and a prophet. If the king is not a prophet, the king has to be with a prophet. That's the order of the thing in the things of God. That's the way it is in the vision of Agape. So you need to know that the way it is in the vision of Agape, the vision can only be led by someone who is both king and prophet like our, our, our predecessor, David. Hallelujah. So in those days, if there was a king, the king, if he was not a prophet like um, the blessed uh, David, who was both king and prophet. And I thank God that the God of Agape, the God of Israel, by his own uh, grace, he appointed me with the Davidic anointing, which is both king and prophet. 
But you see here that the way the vision works is that the vision is a prophetic vision. It cannot be led by anyone who is not himself or herself a prophet. Hallelujah. It cannot be led by anyone who relies on the prophetic declarations of other people. The vision says, the vision says according to the word of God and according to the vision that God has for his church and his children, Israel. They have to be led by a prophet and a king or by a woman who is both prophet and king. Our God is a good God. So I want to thank God for his grace. And so immediately the prophet is introduced. Hallelujah. And in that context, you don't hear many prophets. You have one king and a prophet, one prophet. You don't have everyone else speaking and saying, I've got a prophecy, I've got a word, I've got a prophecy for this and that. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord. That's what a prophet is to say. Thus saith the Lord. Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. It's interesting that the word of God, King James says, thou shalt, not, thou shalt die. As if that's not good enough. Because once you are dead, you are dead. And then he says, and you shall not live. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Emphasis. <laughs> and the Bible now says, then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, you see, the message I'm going to share with you today is entitled, if you want a title, Heaven's Assurance and Insurance Policy. Heaven's Assurance and Insurance Policy. I have taught you before that there is nothing that is done under the sun that is not covered by Scripture. I have taught you before that what we see in the physical or in the natural is only a reflection of what obtains in the spiritual. Hallelujah. So when you hear them talking of insurance policies, when you hear them talking of assurance policies, the whole insurance industry is based on scripture. There is no insurer who is better than God himself. They all learn it from him, from heaven. So we hear in verse 1, he says, set your house in order. That's the message that the prophet of God brought to the king. In other words, he was not really talking about the physical house. <laughs> he wasn't asking to go and rearrange the furniture in his house. He wasn't, going to ask, he wasn't asking to rearrange the furniture in his bedroom. No. When he says, set your house in order, he was talking about the spiritual house. Hallelujah. He was saying the time that is coming upon you, you cannot afford to lose your breath, to breathe your last when you are not connected with the Lord. You cannot afford to lose, to breathe your last when you are not a child of God. So what he's saying is your spiritual house must be in order because you are just about to embark on a journey that can decide whether you go the other way or you go another way. You are just about to embark on a journey that decides whether you shall go to heaven or you shall go to hell. So set your house in order. He didn't tell him how. He said, you know what to do. So he had to deal with his spiritual house. I want you to understand that it's not the house, it's palace. <laughs> so make sure you are saved. That's what it means in our modern day language. Make sure you are born again before you die. You don't want to die outside of the Lord. Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. You don't want to die when you are outside of the house. So you are saying the same thing. 
that make sure that your relationship with your God is strong right now because you are about to take the journey that is deciding on the rest of your future. Hallelujah. Then we hear in verse 2, after the prophet spoke to the king, look at the response of the king. The Bible says that he turned his face to the wall. Hallelujah. He turned his face to the wall. I believe that if it was you, maybe you got this message. Imagine he has received the message of death. Not a prophet. I told you prophets, there's their problem. As prophets, we have a problem. The problem is that we just release the truth as it is. People handle it the way they want. So the prophet is just to speak the word of God, just like your your, your father. I said, oh, God's grace, I'm apostle and prophet Shogombishi. I just released the word of God raw. I released the word of God undiluted. And it is you to then chew it and deal with it in your own home, in your bedroom, in your own time. So he just came and he said, Thus says the Lord, set that house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. What a message. Imagine if it was you that received that message. How, what was your, your reaction going to be? I don't know what your reaction you were going to, was going to be. Maybe some of you were going to punch the prophet. Give me a big punch and say, you can't be, you, you can't be a prophet. You are not a man of God. You come, you come to me and you are, you are speaking death on my life. What's wrong with you? You would have punched him or done something terrible to him. You would have even said to him, maybe I'm the king. After all, I'm the king. I'm going to kill you first before I die. Because no one wants to hear such news. That they're going to die. But look at his response. His response, he did not attend it to the prophet. He did not quarrel with the word of the prophet. Hallelujah. He knew that the prophet of God is a servant of God, would list the word of God as given to him by God. He knew, I, I, I like Ezekiel. Ezekiel knew his God, knew the structure of the vision of Israel. He knew that whatever the prophet of God, the true prophet of God is saying, it is a direct word from the Lord. It is a thus says the Lord. It is rema. It is not the word of the prophet. It is the word from God through the prophet. So that's why he, his response had nothing to do with the prophet. Verse 2 says, he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord. He went to pray to the one who released the message through the prophet. Hallelujah. He turned to the wall. Now, which wall is this? We'll come back to this wall in a matter of time. The wall refers to the work that Hezekiah did. Somebody say, I have a wall. I have a wall. The wall refers to the work that Hezekiah did. How he worked hard with his substance. Hallelujah. The wall is the sum total of all the things that you have done for the Lord in your life as a child of God. The wall is the sum total of all your work that you've done in the house of God during your life to date. Hallelujah. The word of God says he turned to his war. Glory be to Yeshua HaMashiach. He turned to his war. He did not quarrel with the prophet. That's why I'm saying to you, the war is not just a physical war. While you shall see in a few minutes that it was a physical war, but scripturally, spiritually, it makes reference. It is referring to the work that he did. Kushandila Marikwa It is what that is what the war represents. That is what the war means. From the physical to the spiritual. Everything that you do in the house of God, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you are building a wall 
brick by brick, brick by brick, no matter how small, no matter how little it is. Whether you bring a little cement today, a little cement tomorrow, a little brick here, you are building your own wall which will benefit you in the future. According to heaven's assurance and insurance policy, which I'll unveil to the church today. Hallelujah. Glory be to Yeshua Mashiach. So that's why we sing in the vision. We have heard this song which says, There are precious requirements that are so critical. There are precious requirements of the kingdom. There are precious requirements that are so critical. These are precious requirements. And they are righteousness, faithfulness, working for the Lord with their heart full of love. Righteousness, faithfulness. These are precious requirements. Kuneko zero. For those who are in Zimbabwe. Sakana kisisa. Or for those who are Zimbabwe. All over the world. Kuneko zero. Zekudenga. Kuneko zero. Sakana kisisa. Iko zero. Zinokosha. Zinotikurama. Kutendeka. Kushandira mari nekuva nerudo kururama kutendeka ikotse rozi nokosha. And some Zimbabweans they sing another song. They say "Ndicham shandira mari nari ni nari ni ndicham shandira mari chamari emoyo." They know that song. We are talking about the war that you are building from physical to spiritual hallelujah as you are working in the house of the lord as a child of god who is covered in the assurance and insurance policy of heaven by the way the word assurance refers hallelujah to the arrangements that are made for the day regarding the day that you shall die what happens to you after you are dead is assurance. Insurance is the second sister or the sister or the twin sister or the brother, whatever you want to call it, to assurance. It's what happens to you, how you are covered while you are still alive. You see, the whole insurance and assurance industry does not just want to deal with you, to attend to you when you are dead on the day you go. But they also make sure that they address your personal needs and address your areas of life while you are still alive. That when accidents happen, when things happen, that you will not have been prepared for. Because you see, death comes under, in most cases. People, when the Bible says you neither know your day nor hour, it can come anytime. So assurance covers you for that day you don't know. Insurance covers you for an event that any might, might happen while you are still alive. Anything can happen if you are driving. Anything can happen if you are in the house. Whatever physical, material thing you have, you find they want to have it insured, including even your TV and your, and your mobile phone. You hear the same, let's have it insured in case of an eventuality that you not know when it will arrive. Hallelujah, somebody. So, Life's or heaven's assurance policy works like this. God, number one, number one, God is the insurer or the assurer. Hallelujah. 
Number two, you are the insured or the assured person. Number three, Yeshua Hamashiach is the guarantor and the witness of the assurance and insurance. Hallelujah. He signed the assurance documents which, with his blood and water that he shed on the cross of Calvary. The Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, is the attorney or, attorney or lawyer or defense counsel standing for you. Your lawyer signing up the assurance document on your behalf. Being an ordinary person, like I've taught you before, you would generally not understand legal language. So you need your lawyer to be there to just say sign on the dotted line. But when they say sign on the dotted line, there's a lot of black jargon that you have not been able to read. Even if you read it, you will not understand it because you are not trained to understand legal jargon. But the, or your lawyer, your lawyer or your attorney, hallelujah, or your defense counsel, he is the one, she is the one, he or she is the one who is trained to understand the legal jargon. So they say, don't care, don't worry about everything that's written. You may not understand it, but I'm, you are my client. I work for you. That's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's here for us. Hallelujah. He, 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 we are his clients. He is our client, if you like. We, 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 we work for us like, just like a, a, a relationship with your lawyer. The lawyer regards you as his client. He says whatever, he or she says, whatever I'm doing as your lawyer, I'm representing you. I'm standing in for your interests. Everything that I do is in your best interest. That is the power, the duty of our helper, the Holy Spirit, the reward Hakodesh. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why the Lord God Almighty made sure that is Yeshua Hamashiach, our brother, Yeshua Hamashiach, the guarantor of these policies, as he was ascending into heaven, he made sure that there was no gap because the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, did come here and he is with us right now to make sure that our assurance and assurance is guaranteed, is ready, is protected, so that the other people who don't have the insurance or assurance policies will not steal anything from us. He is here with us, Yeshua Mashiach. He is our helper, ever present with us to make sure that none of the children miss out on their benefits. Hallelujah. Hey, he is here. Somebody say, he is here, the Ruach HaKodesh is with me, my lawyer and my defense counsel. The three in God, he has made it all for you. The three in God, the three in one. God the Father, we say he's the judge. You are, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach is your, is your uh, witness in the witness box. The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is your is your, is your lawyer and your defense counsel. I've shared this uh, situation before. And when you have understanding, you will understand what I've said before, that everything that obtains in the physical also obtains in the spiritual. It's only a mirror or a reflection that's happening in the spiritual. So the structure in heaven, the triune God, is ready, is structured so that he, the triune God, is there to help you every step of the way. From the day you were born to the day you die. The day you die, that's the assurance policy covers you. The day you were born until the day you die. You see, when you go to a grave, when they do the grave, they, oh, that's another message for another day. But I just want to understand that when they put the tombstone, they say, here lies so and so. Born on this day, they put the date. Then there's a dash, 
then they say died on this day. So that dash represents your whole life, can you imagine? And that dash is the insurance policy. Hallelujah. That covers you. So, your regular tithes, you need to understand me. Are we together now so far? Oh, yeah. The thing about both of them, insurance and assurance, is that once you have signed the documents, there are some financial obligations and other obligations that the two parties have to meet. You, on your part, as the assured person or the insured person, you have got your own obligations that you have to co to commit to and, and obey and honor in accordance with the agreement. It's a contract. It's a covenant relationship. Hallelujah. And by nature, a covenant or a contract involves two parties. When it involves another person, that's why it's called a third party. And people in third party will sometimes mess up things. So we have the one party, which is the tree in God, and yourself. What is happening here is that being an ordinary, like I said, you, 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 once you assign, you sign to this situation, once you sign, once you put your, uh, your signature on the dotted line, as your lawyer will instruct you to do, like I've said before, with all legal documents, there is another section which, which you are not supposed to touch. You can sign there and sign there and sign there, and you find another section where it says, for office use only. Haha, <laughs> I like that one. For office use, that means that's for the tribune God. When the time comes, when they want to release your, your benefits regarding your insurance policy, when they are supposed to release your benefits regarding your assurance policy, that's office use. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that the office in heaven is standing ready day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second. That's why scripture says, he neither sleeps nor slumber. He will never fail you on his address when you are calling for, when you have an insurance, when you have an accident, when something has gone wrong in the house, there's a fire. He will never delay, like you see the delays of these insurance policies on the earth. They take their time. They try to dodge their way. They try to do this and that and that and that they say what but heaven is not like that because they know already the details hallelujah they already know every detail they will not waste time saying want to investigate first to investigate what they will immediately fire up he neither sleeps nor slumbers he's watching over you that's why he said i'll be with you whithersoever thou goest somebody shout hallelujah so he is with you everywhere. So even if something surprises you, I want you to know this, ladies and gentlemen. There is nothing that surprises God. Are you hearing me? When things happen in your life, when things happen in the life of others, when things happen in the church, you people can be surprised, but not God. There is nothing that can ever surprise God. God knows everything that is happening today, that will happen tomorrow, that will happen next week and next year, and into time. It's only people who get shocked. It's only people who get, who get surprised. Not God. Somebody say, thank you, Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you, Almighty God. For you are the, that's why he's called the omniscient one. He's the omniscient one. He's the all-knowing God. He's the omnipresent God. He's everywhere, everywhere, every time. No matter where you are. You saw from the story of uh, that young man who, you know, you tried to hide away from God by going under a ship in the, in, <laughs> hiding there. You can't hide from God. He's everywhere. Is omnipresent. And guess what? He is omnipotent. He's the all-powerful God. So you've got this kind of God. This kind of God. This kind of God by your side. Glory be to Yeshua Hamashiach. So he is the one 
who is the insurer and, and the assurer. So, like I said before, that for any contract of insurance and assurance, your obligations are clearly spelled out in that contract. What are you supposed to do between now and any time that something can happen? You are supposed to do something regarding that contract if it's an insurance policy, either for your house or for your car or for your television or whatever equipment you have in the house or even for your phone. Whatever it is that you have had covered under insurance, it carries some obligations on your behalf, on your part, and it also carries some obligations on the part of the insurer. Somebody shout hallelujah. So here we are saying in according to scripture, according to the structure in the things of God, everything that you do from the day you sign up for the insurance or assurance policy, anything that you are doing, you are building your wall for protection. Wall means protection. Wall means security. Wall means safety. That's why you hear the word of God talking so much about the building of the walls of Jerusalem. Those are physical walls, but they have spiritual significance. But when the city of Jerusalem is covered, the wall is covered, is protecting the inside. What's inside? When you have a wall, when you have a fence, you feel safe. Glory be to you, as long as you are with him. But if you build a wall without him, you know what can happen? Because he's the all-powerful one. Hear me. If you build your wall without him, those who are building walls, financial walls, whatever they are building outside there, without him, you know that the God of Agape, the God of Israel, he is able to destroy that wall just by your praise. It happened to some people in Jericho. They thought they had protected themselves. But if that protection does not is not covered, assured or insured by God, his children can just destroy it by simply praising him. <laughs> Hallelujah. The God of Israel, he can, he can destroy the world. Those people who, have got, who think they have got their own safety, those people who have got some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, they trust in their own powers and abilities. But those, the children of God, who trust in the Lord, their God. When those who trust in their own strength, those who trust in their own knowledge, those who trust in their own powers, they build their walls. But when the children of God arrive, baby, when the children of God come, they just worship their God. And those walls that they built will crumble before our very own eyes. So it's better to build a wall which is assured and assured by him in him and through him. Even the Bible says they labor in vain so that build the house without the Lord. You labor in vain. So I want you to understand that you who are building walls while you are in the house of the Lord, you are with him, he is in you, he is on you, and he is with you every day, every step of the way. Somebody shout hallelujah. So according to scripture, your contributions that are that you are supposed to do on the contract. Hallelujah. Even whether it's assurance policy or insurance policy. <laughs> you know, I've, I'm just thinking right now of a song. I don't know whether that's this is where, where it came from. But they sing the song, Blessed Assurance, Yeshua is mine. Oh, what a fortress of glory divine. Air of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, 
praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. Yeshua is mine. That even this assurance promise you are talking about, He is your guarantor. When you something is guaranteed in your life, you know that no matter what happens, even if you struggle, the guarantor will never fail, will pay up. The guarantors of this world, they can fail because they are people, but our guarantor, Yeshua Hamashiach, will never fail you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in the understanding of this contract, in the understanding of these uh, uh, contractual engagements that you can have, whether it's an insurance policy or assurance policy, even some people have got a, what they call um, funeral policies. People are preparing for the death in the event of someone dying. They've got a, they are all called policies, whatever you call them. It's a policy. It's a legal document that you sign up to say in the event of whoever, my relative or myself or my children or anyone dying, there are some expenses that are uh, that I will not be able to deal with at that time. So you sign up to a document that says, okay, when that happens, we'll then deal with all the expenses to do with the funeral arrangement. But guess what? While you've signed that document, you have got your own, your, your own the things that you must do in support and in honor of that contractual arrangement. So in the spiritual, for the sake of time, I want you to understand that your regular tithes and offerings and your general support for the work of God and for the men of God are your monthly installments. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> That's why God designed the year in such a way that it has got segments of time. And I told you with a good message that God has been speaking to me for many times about time. I'm going to talk to you about uh, God will release the day I already have it in my spirit. Hallelujah. But one day I shall share that message about time. But I want you to understand that the reason why every segment of day or the week, the, what we call time, there are segments into it. You have got a minute, and within the minute there are segments of time called seconds. Within the second, there are segments of time called nanosecond. Within the day, there are segments of time called hours. Within the hour, within the week, there are segments of time called days. Within the month, there are segments of time called weeks. Within the year, there are segments of time called months. And as time goes on, there are segments of you. You then chunk the segments of time into groups like a decade, a decade, and a decade. That's 10 year experience. Time. And no matter what you do in life, Everything that you do is covered by a segment of time. Everything that you may think, even your thoughts, they are within the framework of a segment of time. I shall share that message in detail another day. But God has segmented the time in such a way that you can then tell yourself that, okay, depending on the contract that you have signed, is it a contract for a TV? Is it a contract for a, um, a funeral policy? Is it a contract for a house uh, policy? Is it a mortgage? Is it whatever? They will have a segment of time. In some policies, they are saying you must contribute 
so much per week so that whenever things happen and you don't know when they are going to happen what you are doing basically is to cover yourself for the eventuality of something happen happening on a day that you're not prepared that's the power of the policies hallelujah some are saying you pay your contributions on a weekly basis some are contributions on a monthly basis some are contributions on a half yearly basis some are contributions on an annual basis depending on the nature but people have realized that if you want to have contributions on an annual basis people <laughs> may fail to be to, to honor the contract if they have to wait for many many months before they pay so what they then do is they give you the annum they give you a salary per annum, but they don't wait for the end of the year to give it at the end of the year. They give you per month, per mensem, so that you have got something to cover you during the month. But when you add it together, it adds up to your salary per annum. Hallelujah. Some of you get your salary, although you get it when, when the contract, you sign the contract of employment. It's the same thing. You, you are saying, I will do this for you, and you do this for me. <laughs> so it's an employment contract. You do, you provide the work, and we will make sure we pay you per week, per month, or per day, or per hour, depending on what you've done. That's why you have got an hourly rate of pay. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm liking this. How many of you are enjoying the word of God? Our God is a good God. Confirming what your father is saying. Whatever happens in this physical is a mirror or a reflection, hallelujah, of what happens in the spiritual. Somebody shout, hallelujah, agape, oh ye. So we are talking about this young man, this king, who knew his God very well. I will come back to him in a minute. I've already said, number one, number two, number three, number four, whatever I've said, but I've confirmed that your regular tithes and offerings and every general support that you do for the work of God and for the men of God are your monthly installments. Somebody say monthly installments. Some of you are required, depending on the nature of the contract that God has given to you, because everything that God has given to you is from him. So sometimes he, your your installments, you know that if you if if you if you were to wait until the end of the month, you might become unfaithful. So he makes sure that you get paid the week. So that as soon as you get paid, you put your installment that week. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he makes arrangements for different people. You know, if if he knew that you would not be faithful uh, until the end of the month, you know some people struggle if you get paid the week week week. If you wait until the end of the month to pay your tithe, you fail. You know what I'm saying? You will struggle. And you see what happens according to scripture. So those who receive their monthly incomes per month, they will pay their installments per month. Those who receive their monthly income per week, they will pay their installments per week. Those who are just like that. If it's a one-term contract, you only finish your term. When you get paid, you pay your, depending on the time. So your regular installments are your contributions towards your policy. Somebody shout hallelujah. So some of the offerings, you, you call them offering. You think it's just an offering. So the offering, some of the offerings that you do are a guarantee policy. Hallelujah. In the event of default or accidental circumstances, you know what they do? They, they give you a head of that kind of uh, uh, policy. A guarantee policy that if you, in the event of you failing, to pay an installment. <laughs> you already have a, a policy where you are supposed to or required to pay an installment per month. 
but then they give you another side policy, a guarantee policy to say, you pay this and this. If it so happens that you lose your job, for example, and you can't pay this at all, we will come and so, yeah, 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 yeah. It's called, so you need to realize that some of the offerings you release in the church today, that's why the Bible says, give, it will come back to you, good measure, press down, shaken together and running over. You need to understand scripture. These offerings you are doing, don't complain, don't grumble. That's why the scripture says, God loves the cheerful giver. Because when you are releasing the offerings, some of the offerings are towards your guarantee policy that in the event of you losing your job, in the event of this happening, you are covered. So I've said already that Yeshua Hamashiach is your brother, is your witness. Because every time you make an offering, Bogosha, or a contribution towards your policy, whether it's a tithe, you see, it's God who sees what happens in secret. Whether you think you are cheating the church, you are cheating anyone, if you, if you, if you if, when you understand this way today, you realize that God is watching everything you do. If you release your installment and, you, and the contract agreement says your installment is supposed to be 20 pounds or 20 rands or 20 dollars, whatever currency you use per month, and choose, think what happens if you choose to pay to, to send in 15 instead of 20. I want you to think about that. Mm. You are there on your own in, your, in the privacy of your room and your house. You, you, you just decide that I, can, I, I have received, yes, 2,000 uh, or 200, but I'm not going to put in 20. I've got this situation and that situation and that situation. You justify yourself and you say, I'm just going to release only 10. People do that. What they don't realize that they are shooting themselves in the foot. Whenever you are unfaithful at any time in terms of whatever offering it is, even this so-called free will offering, hallelujah, they call it free will. But there's a reason why that free will, the free will is <laughs> your guarantee policy. So don't even think, you can say, ah, for free will offering, don't get that. I just throw in Gwendere like they used to say in Zimbabwe. And they don't get some Gwendere, just a little, a, little, a small coin there, a small coin there for offerings. It's okay. No, whenever you do, whatever you do, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with mine. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God the Father. So Yeshua Hamashiach, for your own information, will be watching every time you make a contribution towards your policy, whether it's a monthly or weekly installment. He will be there watching. That's what the significance of Scripture, Matthew chapter 21, verses 41 to 34 is, if you didn't know. For the sake of time, you go and read this at home. We've shared this is a very important part of the vision. That in that story you hear that Yeshua Hamashiach, he went into the church and he sat by the treasure where they were doing the offering. He did that for a reason. To tell you that it's not just doing in this church right now that I'm standing. That is covered in that story. Every time you make an offering towards your country, which is in according to this teaching today, is your contribution towards your policy. Yeshua Hamashiach, your brother, your witness. That's why he's called your witness. In the trial courts of heaven, he is the witness, because the witness is the one who has seen things happen. It's strange that in this world, they bring in witnesses. They call a person a witness. Uh, a court who, who did not actually witness anything. They were just told something, and then they call that person a witness. A witness is somebody who, if there was an accident, they want someone who saw things happen. They want someone who was there as a witness. But in the course of today, they bring someone who was never there, who was, not, who was not even in the country or anything when something happened. And then they brought the person because they say, I was told this happened. I was told this. So what kind of witness is that? So that witness can tell lies, can say anything because they were not there. 
But Yeshua Hamashiach, our witness, he's the only true witness. That's why the Bible calls him like that. He's the only true witness because he watches over everything. God himself is the true witness because what the Son sees, <laughs> the Holy Spirit sees. What the Holy Spirit and the Son sees, the God the Father sees. You know why? Because he neither sleeps nor slumber. Somebody say God is watching, baby. So when you read Mark 21 from verse 41 to 44, you understand that Yeshua Hamashiach stood over the treasury when they were doing the offerings. Those people who are in the world will be saying, ah, no church. <laughs> he wanted to make sure that people are being honest, people are being faithful. And that's what he's saying through that scripture. That even if you are in your home, in your own place, you have received your tithe. And anytime you send something less than your tithe, rest assured that he's watching. The witness is there. He's your witness. Somebody say, he's my witness. He's, my... he's not the kind of witness who is told the story that happened when he was not there. He will not be a witness. In the course of the say, they say, a person like that should not be regarded as a credible witness. Reliable witness. Because they were not there. So I don't even know how they can bring a person like that as a witness in a court of law. But that's what happens in this court of law. But the court of law of heaven the witness is somebody who was ever present. You watched you do everything. When you thought you were doing things in secret, he was there seeing you. So you'll be in the witness box. Every time you are building your wall, he's watching you. So, as I've said concerning policies, let me move for the sake of time. Every policy is number one, what they call some assured. Every policy has got something else that's called term of assurance or the life of the assurance. If it's an assurance, that means the day you die. Every policy has got something, the third, the third thing, monthly or weekly or yearly contributions, which, like I said already, they are called installments. Therefore, every offer you make is contributing towards your installments. Somebody say installments. Then yes. for every policy, you also have got something that's called the life assured. You've got some assured, and you've got the life assured. And the life assured is your life. Hallelujah. The life assured in terms of the scripture we read was the life of Hezekiah, not the prophet. So if Hezekiah was doing things, thinking he was cheating the prophet, it was his, his problem in, da, in Dabayako. He owned Dava because they say in, 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 in Kenya, um, I can't remember what they say, uh, I've forgotten the phrase that they use. Shauriako. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. So, when you are cheating, you are actually cheating on the life assured. You are the life that is assured. You are the life that is insured. Then, second thing, another final thing that happens, the fifth thing. In some assurance policies and some insurance policies, there are what are called beneficiaries. Hallelujah. People who take the heritage in the event of your death. That's why you want to make sure that the only witness who knows the truth will be there. Even the good thing that the Holy Spirit is here with us to make sure that in the event of your death, everything that you have done in the house of the Lord. That's why I taught you and the church that before God, God is no man's debtor, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that you've done in the house of God will benefit you and will benefit those, your descendants. They will carry the inheritance. They are called the beneficiaries. If you are faithful as a father, 
I want you to know that your children will benefit according to the scripture, according to the structure of insurance and assurance policy. God knows that one day you shall die and you shall leave children. Oh, I don't want to be like that, that prophet we, in, our, in the part of scripture, you know I've shared you before, that he left his family and they were in debt. Because he was not a faithful prophet. He was not offering, he was not doing offerings, he was not building any wall. So if you are a father or if you are a mother, I want you to know that every contribution you are making is not just covering for your life, but it's also covering for your children who will become the beneficiaries. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Some of the things you are doing in faithfulness to God will not just, just, just benefit you today, will benefit your loved ones. You are actually releasing a blessing. God is releasing a blessing through you to your children. God is releasing a blessing through you to your loved ones. You need to know this. So make sure you pay your installments in full and in time. Let me say that again, a, a phrase. Make sure you pay your installments in full, on time and in time. Otherwise, you'll be in default, as they say. I'll say it again. Make sure you pay your installments in full and in time and on time. Otherwise, you'll be in default. Aha, aha. Don't let your installments be in arrears. Don't let yourself be in default. You don't know the day nor the hour your term will lapse. That's we say we call the term assured. That's the day your day will arrive. You don't know which day you're going to have the accident. You don't know which day the house will burn out. You don't know which day your phone your phone will fall in the water. You don't know. So therefore, always be current with your payment. Somebody shout hallelujah. When your time is called out, all you do is point to the assurance document and your record of faithful payment of insurance of his tones. Hallelujah, somebody. Let me say that again. When your time is called out, whether it's your time, your day that you die, whether it's the day that you have an accident, whether it's the day that your phone falls into the water or falls on the ground and is smashed, whether it, whatever you insured, the thing you had insured. When your time is called out, when something happens that calls for the insurer to act on your behalf, mm -hmm. hallelujah. Amen. Ah, all you do, you don't cry for those who are insured. You never cry. You know what I'm saying? If you have an accident and insure, insured, have you ever seen someone cry? Just say, I'll just inform my insurer. They don't cry. They are not bothered. So if you get involved in an accident and you are not insured, you are the one, they are the ones who cry because they're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to settle the bill? Hey, I'm not insured. Hey, and they are the ones in trouble. And according to the law in the United Kingdom, at least it's illegal to have a car or a vehicle or even a building, a house, which is not insured. Hmm. So if it's illegal in this, if it's illegal in the physical realm, it's also illegal in the spiritual realm. Amen. So when things have gone wrong, when your time is called out, like I say, let me say it again, all you do, don't cry. If you know you've been faithful in all areas and all the givings, don't even shed a tear. All you do is what do what Hezekiah did. Let us learn from this learned king. Let us learn from this king who knew his God. All you do is point to the insurance document and your record of faithful payment of installments. I resist and I insist on faithful payment of installments. Just point that record. Bring it out. Don't quarrel with 
a prophet. Don't argue with anybody. Just bring your document. That in Abakahana, like the king did. The Bible says when the prophet said you're going to die, put your house in order. The Bible says in verse two, he just turned to his wall. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Somebody. So your record will speak on your behalf. Your offerings in general are the regular contributions, like I've said, towards your policy. How many are in areas? Let me ask you, how many of you, as you hear this message, ask yourself, are you in areas? <laughs> how many of you are in default and you still expect the insurer to pay out? Those who are current with their payments if negotiation provision, there's something that's called negotiation provision. That's what we are seeing, hallelujah, in this situation of Hezekiah. In those documents, there's something that is called a negotiation provision. Because the circumstances are such that not every circumstance can be covered in the contract. But when you are faithful in your payments, you have got the capacity to negotiate things. They are called in the insurance documents negotiation provisions. But those those negotiation provisions are only valid and applicable to those who have been who would have been faithful throughout in paying up on the insurance instrument. Then the insurer or the assurer will honor those negotiation provisions when the time is called. Like you know, David said on his deathbed, we all know how David worked, we'll come back to that if God allows us and gives us the grace. While he was on his deathbed, while people had said the king was going to die, when he had lied in hospital for a long time, he was unable to move his foot or do anything. He had other people taking care of him. I share I've learned a lot about this situation of, of people when people going to when people going to hospitals and things like that. God has spoken to me about this in many much, much detail, and I shall share with you another time. But our the king. The Lord, King David, himself was in that situation. And he knew that he had his life assured. Hallelujah. He knew <laughs> that he had his life insured. He, he, he faced a life assurance situation. His time had, it was, it, to him, he was going to die. And he felt like he would die. People who were around him thought he was going to die. We were convinced that he was. If you imagine, imagine that David was in the intensive care unit. I could not breathe anymore on his own. He needed machines to breathe. Like happens in the hospitals. Then while he was in this situation, he knew about what Hezekiah would do. He knew as a son of God and as a man of God, he turned to his wall. He looked at his record. And then when he knew that his record was good of offering, you know, how many of you know how David offered? King Solomon learned from David the father how to make offerings. By the time the temple was built, you know, he go and search the scripture, what I'm saying. He don't have to take my word for it. Almost all the contribution that needed, that was needed for the building of the temple had been done by one man called David. No wonder God said he's a man after his own heart. So when he had done all that, and now he's on the deathbed, he had the right to say, to, to, to invoke, if you like, the negotiation provision. Hallelujah, somebody. Somebody say, invoke the negotiation provision. Mm. And he said, his deathbed, Psalm 118, verse 17, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die. He invoked the negotiation provision because he knew that he had built his wall in faithfulness. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. They are precious requirements that are so critical. They are precious requirements of the king, the hero of the song. So David, look at that. And he said, I've got a track record. I've paid all my insurance policies. I've paid, I'm paid up on my assurance policy. And I'm here. I shall not die. He could declare, I shall not die, but live and, and declare the work of the Lord. So even after or when your time is eventually called out, you don't panic. Hallelujah. You surrender your spirit confidently into the hands of the insurer, the almighty God. If you have time, you read Psalm 31, verse 5. He, when they die, this, on this particular occasion, in Psalm 118, verse 17, it's just the, the, the naming of the Psalm. One is 31, is when he actually died. And 118 is when he was, he was supposed to die. But God did practically what he did to Hezekiah. He gave him more time because he was faithful. When he eventually died, you see that in Psalm 31, verse 5, when he says, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The same words Yeshua Hamashiach said, Hallelujah. Our brother showing us the way that if your insurance document is set and everything, you've built your wall right, you've been faithful. When your time comes, you know where your spirit You don't even worry. Someone who dies in the Lord and they know what they've been doing in the house of God, you know, they die peacefully. You hear people giving testimony that, oh, he went to glory. I know people don't want to hear messages about death. Okay, don't worry, you're not going to die. No one's going to die here. So, so keep on smiling, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to die. That's the reason why we are sharing this message so that you know that when the, that moment comes, you are not surprised. You are not surprised when the, when the Shuara will not pay up. Because it doesn't help to make insurance contributions which are not consistent with the, with the agreement. You are as good as someone who has not paid up. That's where a lot of people are in, in error. And the Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. So I'm releasing this knowledge to the church today. That if you are not paying up faithfully, it's just as good as not paying up at all. When your day or time comes for call out, your insurer will not pay. You know what I'm saying? It happens in the physical. Don't expect it to happen also to not happen in the spiritual. So only on the day when he eventually went to glory, he says, Almighty God, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He knew his position. He knew where he was. He knew what he had done for the Lord. Now, as we go back to the story of Hezekiah, when he says, the Bible says he referred, he, he, he turned to his wall. Some of you, I told you already that this wall is a physical wall, but it's also a spiritual wall. The physical is what you do with your hands. What you do when you contribute, when you do work in the household. When you do things, you are building your own wall. If you want to know which wall he's, he's talking about, here, a physical one, please read Second Chronicles chapter 32, verses 1 to 8. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verses 1 to 8. Hallelujah. After these things, and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities. 
and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come, and that he was proposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city, and they did help him. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran of the land, saying, Why should they keep the spirit and find much water? Also, he strengthened himself and built up all the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall without and repaired Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. And he set up captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid of the snake, for the king of Syria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battle. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Hi, I love this king. Somebody say, I love this king. He made a This man was an amazing man who understood the scripture. Things were happening. You see what happened from verse 1. King of Assyria, those people who fight you in the vision. They come from everywhere. Senakrip, whatever their names are, they have got funny names, these guys who fight you. <laughs> they entered the Judah and he came against the French cities. And he thought to win them for himself. Imagine, every time the enemy fights you, he has concluded that he's going to win against you. But when you are like Hezekiah, we leave Akasha. You see what he did. Let's move on for the sake of time. Verse 5 says, after he had asked the people to do something physical to make sure that his enemy would be would, 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 would not have their water. The Bible says he strengthened himself. That's the key. And built up all the wall that was broken. Imagine. And raised it up to the towers. And another wall without. Can you imagine what's going on here? For those who have been to Israel, and I thank God by his grace, I've been there twice. When you talk of the wall, you need to go and see it. It's not a wall like the walls we have in your house, which is one brick or two bricks. Ladies and gentlemen, the walls that I saw there, they shocked me. When they talk of a wall, they are talking of a wall that is the thickness of a car park. Not car park, the, the, the bay for a car park. When you, when, you are in, when you are in a car park, right, you know a, a parking bay. Mm. And anytime you see a parking bay, that is the average size of a wall that was built even during the Roman Empire. If you go to countries like Italy and Greece and, um, and uh, other places where the people of God were Paul and others, Philippi and other places, you will see the walls that they built there. When you go to the seven churches in Turkey now, when you were there to see the walls, they were the same kind of size. You could park a car, I'm telling you, on the wall, not on the wall, but on the on the on the crest of the wall. If you know what I mean, 
in other words, it was the size in terms of width. I'm giving you the only example I can give you is if you have seen a car park, they do those lines, which is bay, bay one, bay two for a car, number one. That bay you see for one car is the equivalent average, somewhere even thicker than that. So you can imagine how many bricks, how many mortar, how much mortar were just to finish one meter of the wall. Are you hearing me, Agape? He's, that's why the Bible says he had to strengthen himself. When you are doing the things of God, you need to strengthen yourself. In other words, you need to tell yourself that come water, come fire, come hail, come sunshine. I'm not going to have anyone discourage me. You need to do the things of God and win. You need to tell yourself that I'm going to be strong because the enemy will think we are weak. But unless you tell yourself that I'm strong, and that's why the Bible says, let the weak say what? I am strong. You have to tell yourself in your mind. That's why another man of God, uh, he wrote a book called Thoughts That Harm, Thoughts That Heal. You tell yourself in your mind. What you say in your mind will, have, will translate into your spirit and in your, in your muscles. You have to strengthen yourself. It starts within your spirit. When you can tell yourself that I can do it. That's why scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's the one who strengthens you. And the Bible says he strengthened himself and built up all the world that was broken. All of it, not part of it. Hallelujah. And he raised it up to the towers. Imagine, the wall was thick as it was. Thick as it was. Imagine, it doesn't... Just above the normal level of war that we see here in, in, in the UK or in Africa, or if you go to South Africa, that's where I've seen some of the tower, the highest of walls. Because I mean, Johannesburg, for example, for instance, there's a lot of thuggery uh, and murder that happens there. It's not a very safe city to stay in. So you find these huge, huge walls. But they are nothing, not even a tenth compared to the walls that were built in Jerusalem and other places. And the Kobakariana, and the kind of war that we are talking about here. And imagine that height of the wall, the height of the wall, raising it up to the tower. How many of you know what a tower is? The towers would go up, up, up above. And he built a wall of that thickness to that height. And then the Bible says, not only was that wall enough, he built another wall without. Ay, 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 ay. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> he built my double, double. He doubled up, in other words, two walls, one in two. So that if you fire a machine gun or whatever, there's no way it, your gun would ever even push through the first wall. So imagine if the enemy had to come, they had to deal with the first wall. They, they, they thought, and they would think once they've dealt with the first wall, they, they will find themselves fit with another wall, which is even thicker and taller. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen? You need to see in the physical what this man did. And then not only did he do that, he then repaired Milo in the city of David. He went and made the repairs. I'll talk to you about Milo another time. And he made darts and the shield in abundance. In other words, he was preparing himself for war. Not only was he doing things. We saw in the time of uh, another, another war builder, Nehemiah, he says to the people, while they were doing something, they were also prepared for war to defend themselves. So while you are doing the work of God, make sure that you prepare also your darts and your shield in advance. Because there are people who still want to try to fight you even while you are building the wall. 
While you are doing the work of God, you know what I'm saying? There are people who try to criticize you. Hey, you are doing this. You are doing this in the church. Whatever you are doing for the work of God, there is always someone who wants to discourage you, who say things to discourage you. I want you to know that when you are building the wall, just don't build the wall like that. Make sure that you repair Milo and make sure that you make that and make sure that you make the shield in advance. Why shield? For defense. If they come, while you are busy building, they will say this, you have a shield. Somebody say, I have my shield. While you are building the wall, while you are doing the work of God in the vision of Agape, those who don't, who don't, the haters, like I've told you before, the haters will always be there. Trust me. They, no matter where you go, no matter what good you do, no matter what bad you do, you will never, ever live without some haters somewhere. Everybody will have haters. And I want, I've learned now that there's nothing you can do about haters. Don't waste your time trying to please them. To, because once they hate you, they will always hate you. Haters will always be haters. You cannot try to convince them. Just leave them alone. You continue with your own life. You continue building your wall. Don't waste your time trying to concentrate on what they say, what message they send to you. Haters will always be haters. Mm -hmm. And in Agape, we are not haters. We are people who love. We agape each other. But those who are out there, they send messages to you. They want to destroy you. They want to damage you. They want to discourage you from building the wall. They are haters. And trust me, you can never do anything that will please them. Don't waste your time ever trying to please a hater and making sure that you can convert them. No, if they, if they are converted, they are lying. They are pretending so that they can get closer to you, so that they can damage you more. Trust me, hear my words, house of Judah. So it's not being unadapted if you realize that this one is a hater and you move away, according to Psalm chapter 1. It's also part of what you've called, um, um, uh, what is the right word in the vision for when you are moving away from people who are damaging your spirit? Spirit measure. Yes. You know those measures are there in the scriptures, are there in the epistle. So, you have to make sure that while you are building the work, while you are building your wall, while you are doing the things of God in a carpet, in the vision, there are people, and this you know, it's not a, it's not a joke. You know it has happened. It's happened in your life. You just talk. You are doing this. You are doing that. You are doing that. They wish they would be God. They want you, what you are doing for God, they want you to do it for themselves. They want you to do it to themselves, to them, instead. But like I've told you before, if you build a wall, they want you to build walls outside of God, in other words. So if you build a wall that is not God involved in it, that wall can, can collapse within a short time. But the one that you build within God, those who build, say they labor in vain, those who build the house without God. That's what it means. The wall you are building in the house of God has got his protection policy. You are covered. Some will say, I am covered, baby. He said, he, he, "What a bakarika!" He he then strengthened himself and he made sure that he had got all these things to deal with the enemy, to deal with the haters as well. And then he says he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spoke spoke comfortably to them. That's what your father, the king, does. After we are building a building, I've got the captains of war in you. You are the captains of war over the people. There is a commissioner there, and a commissioner there, a senior envoy there, and a board member there, and a Natasha there, and a steward there. These are what? <laughs> the captains of war. We gather them together. We are together.
together next week so in a week or so we'll be there together in the leadership seminar the captains of war are going together you see david was doing the same thing if you read the story of david i told you before that in agape we move the vision I shared that with you at the very beginning. I said, if you come to Agape, God has told me that in Agape we are going to work with the vision. Well, when you start working the vision, then you will run away. <laughs> when you start working the word, as according to what God promised me, we are going to work with the word. Hallelujah. The same thing that happened to David when he was being chased. The Bible says, you know, he, he, he had people, we get that people who were standing ready for war with him. Read all the stories of David. You'll be amazed. And I've shared with you on some of those things. So he set captains of them and gathered them together. Hallelujah. To him in the street of the gate of the city and spoke comfortably with them like I'm doing now. You are there as the captains of war. Of war. I'm speaking comfortably to you so that you have understanding and knowledge of scripture. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. Not you. Not you. Not you. Amen. Because you now understand heaven's assurance and assurance policy. Somebody shout hallelujah. Then he says in verse 7, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria. Why is he saying now that? He has, he has built the world. He is satisfied that what he has done, God has blessed it. And he is covered. Not only is he covered, but the whole nation of Israel is covered. So he now confirms the message. He now speaks comfortably to them and says, Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For they be more with us than with him. I want Agape to hear this and they take that as a prophetic statement. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, whoever, whatever name he comes up with, whichever way he comes up with, fighting against you. Be not be dismayed. But for the multitude, even the multitude, he said, multitude, that is with him. You see, when the enemy comes, the Bible says it comes, it comes like a flight. He wants to destroy you. You, feel, you think you are finished. He wants to intimidate you and make you frightened. But you need to know the word of God is saying, the prophetic Rema word of God is saying, for there be more with you than those that are with the enemy. Whether they are fighting you at work, whether they are fighting you at college or university or wherever you are, no matter which area or endeavor of life you are, in Sanekrib or of Asriya or the king of Asriya is fighting you with whatever multitudes of people he has on social media. I want you to know that the scripture says, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. He was almost quoting me, Elisha, who said the same thing to another young man. He said, they are, they are more with us than those are with the enemy. Somebody said, amen, amen, and amen. amen. Glory be to Yeshua HaMashiach. So this is, I want you to see that when the Bible says in verse 2 of our anchor scripture, that Hezekiah attended to the wall, Hezekiah attended to his wall, this is the physical wall he built. And that was not the only thing he did. There are so many other things he did. He was a worker. He was not just a king who said, I'm just going to sit in the throne and do nothing. That's why you find that in other churches, envoys and evangelists and commissioners, they sit when time for offering is come. As if the offerings are just for ordinary people or everyone. If you are the envoy, if you are the commissioner, if you are the senior envoy, you actually have to offer more. Hallelujah. Like this one did. That's what we do. <laughs> what he did is amazing. 
just to see what he did here. But there are so many other things I don't have the time to share with you, but you will know for those who know the character and the life of this guy. Let me say this to you, church. Prayer moves mountains. That's what the Bible says. Prayer moves mountains. But I say to you, faithful giving moves God. Prayer moves mountains. But faithful giving and offering moves God in your favor. It's not just good enough to move mountains. I want to do something that moves God. So King Hezekiah, the king of Judah, was a wise king. He put all his trust in God. Some of you will remember Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. You know that scripture. You like it very much. We know it's scripture. It's true. This man knew God. He knew his God. He knew his scriptures. Believe in the Lord your God. That's what he did. He didn't just tell people to do things he didn't do himself. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe the prophet and you shall prosper. Not just anyone who just says, I've got a word for the church. I've got a, 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 an opening, whatever it is they say. I've got an utterance here. What, what, what is that? You need to receive. The prophet, there is one prophet that is called by God. And the Bible says, any other person who can speak a prophetic word is subject to the prophet. So you cannot have the, the, the leader of the vision hearing prophets from, from other people. And he or she himself cannot verify or confirm that prophecy. Because people can lie. You see in the scripture, there are so many times when servants of God and the kings of God were trying to, the Bible says they had itching ears. They want to go to someone who can prophesy things that they like. It's very dangerous. There are some people who are having uh, itching ears, hearing prophecies that are to their liking. If you read the scriptures, you find there are so many kings who did that. And you look at their, how they ended when they listened to four pro, false prophets. Because they themselves cannot verify, verify whether that prophecy is true or not. That's why you need to be a prophet. When people in the vision are going to raise me as a father, a prophet, I can also raise a prophet. But the young people I would raise, whenever they had a word, they would release it to me first. And I, I was able, and I'm able, and I'm the only one who could then verify whether that word is true. Those of you who know, who know that, I would say to them, uh -uh, this word, you missed it. It was supposed to be like this, and I'll then fix the, 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 the so-called prophecy. And people, people who are not called to be prophets, sometimes they don't know even what to do with what they receive. So they need the prophet of God to actually then tell them what to do, even if it's true. So, but if you are the leader and you are not the prophet, you believe everything you are told. You believe everything. And it's his utterance, it's utterance, it's utterance. When the scripture says God gave them utterance, it's his utterance for speaking in tongues. The Bible says, and when the day that the, the Holy Ghost came upon the church, the Bible says, and everybody spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKodesh, gave them utterance. That was for the particular person who is speaking in tongues. The speaking in tongues is not for the church. It's for you, the person who is speaking in tongues. But when the time for the prophecy should come, the person who received the word should, should speak and everybody else should keep quiet. That's order in the house of God. Then the word of God is spoken. But if there is no prophet of God in the house, anything that is spoken by whoever can be taken as a word from God. But you need a true prophet to verify it. Are you with me? And I'm teaching you the truth according to scripture. 
in this vision, you are not supposed to be led by someone who is not a prophet because it's a prophetic vision. Hear me, house of Judah. Hear me, Agape. Hear me, house of Judah. Hear me, Agape. One of my sons, he, he received that song from God, not from me. It was a believe, prophet, Walter, and you shall prosper. You find a person who receives a message like that. He didn't mention any other prophet. This is the prophet of God for the vision. Hallelujah. And I thank God for his grace that he gave me the grace. So he says, believe the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe the prophets. Believe in God. And then believe the prophet and you shall prosper. That's the same Hezekiah I'm talking about here, ladies and gentlemen. He led the nation by example. You see what he did in that chapter. He worked tirelessly for the nation and the Lord is God. He had a track record of doing things in the house of God and the nation. That was his wall, ladies and gentlemen. Hezekiah lived according to his advice and word in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 20. He totally believed in the Lord his God, number one. He believed the prophet. That's why he did not argue with him or quarrel with the prophet Isaiah when he pretty much pronounced a death sentence upon him. Believe the Lord your God and you shall prosper. You shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe the prophet and you shall prosper. He took the word. He did not quarrel with him. He took the word of the prophet as true, as divine. So he turned to the wall. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm going to turn to my wall. He turned to the wall of the work that he had done. He showed God his faithful installments over the years. When he was uh, when he when he was announced, which was announced that he was going to die. When they can announce to you that you now have coronavirus, you think they are pronouncing a descendant for you. But you are faithful in the house of God. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. If you are seeing me, what I'm doing right now. I'm saying if you are faithful in the house of God, when they say you have got you are positive for corona, you don't cry, you don't worry, because you know you just show the insurer. Aha. You just saw your life assured. Somebody say my life is assured. When you are sure in the policy, when they say you are patching COVID, my life is assured. Ah, hallelujah. You just saw your life assurance document. Yes, the papers say I'm go, we are COVID positive, whatever it is, whatever positive you want. But you, well, once you know that you, you, have, you have, your life is assured, you shall be positive about being negative in some cases. And you shall won't be negative about being, you won't be negative about being positive. You will not be negative about being positive. You will just trust that the Lord your God, you just show the document and you say, this is my insurance policy. My insurer, I'm here. That is what they've said. And you make sure within a few days, they say you are no longer positive. Hallelujah, somebody. So that's what Hezekiah did. That's what David did. That's what those who knew the Lord their God. That's why he said, those who know the Lord their God shall do exploits. Hallelujah. He showed God the work that he had done in the kingdom. He didn't quarrel with the prophet. When things are happening in your life, don't waste your time quarreling with people. Just show God your record. 
He was not in arrears. He was never in default. God honored him in his faithfulness by extending his life assurance term. I said in life assurance policy, there is the life assured and the term assured. In other words, if you look at it this way, he gave this his servant another 15 years. That means if Hezekiah was 85, hallelujah, his life term was extended to 100. Somebody say, hallelujah, I shall live until I'm 100. That's what it is. When they say you have got corona, they are trying to pronounce death on you today. But because of your faithfulness, God extends your life assurance time. God extends it. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why scripture says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10, for the sake of time, we're not reading, but you know these scriptures. It says, honor the Lord your God with your substance. That's what you must do to build your wall in verse 9. And if the results are in verse 10, how can you, what can I say? Scripture is so clear. Do this and you shall do that. When in this contract, this covenant of this, this, this journey is a covenant relationship. God honors his side of the covenant and you honor yours. As long as you honor your, your side of the covenant faithfully, trust me, when verse 9 is done, Proverbs 3 verse 9, honor God with your substance and with the first fruit of your English, you do your part. And then the insurer will do his part. Mm -hmm. You find the insurer doing his part in verse 10. Go and read it. See the results you reap immediately in verse 10. So shall your bands. He goes on to explain all the things. That's why this nugget makes sense. I've said it before. It pays in the end to involve God in the beginning. It, it makes sense, that nugget. God's word clearly says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to build your wall than to have someone do it for you. You know, there's another man of God called David, this very same David. You know, when Onan wanted to offer him um, uh, the, the threshing floor freely. You know, and he says, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot give to God what I have not worked for. This man knew God. Hi, 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 hi. He said, I, I can't just sit in the house and wait for you to give me an offering so I can give it. So it's not wise really for those who are married if you wait for your husband or for your wife to give you an offering so you can give it to the church. I don't know, but try and make your own. Try and do your something that you can also say, I'm making a contribution. Hallelujah. Learn from David. He says, no, I cannot give an offering to God. There's something that I got for free. So I have to work for it. I have to sweat for it. So that when I give to God, I know what I'm doing. It's my work now. It's now my sweat. You know the scripture. You find it. It's more blessed to give than to receive. You know that is in Acts chapter 20 verse 35. You read that when you go home. The word of God also says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 1 to 6. If we have time we will read that. But it talks about cast out thy bread in the waters. And you shall find it after how long? After many days. You read these scriptures. I hope you'll be faithful enough to go and study the scripture. Be like the, uh, the, the another church. Um, uh, in Berea, in, uh, when the man of God Paul was preaching, the Bible said that church, that satellite was very good, they were clever. Every time the man of God preached and they released scriptures, they would go home and search the scriptures to make sure it was so. That's why you should do the same thing. I'm giving you scriptures so that you see how consistent they are with the message of the day. 
and how consistent they are with every other message that is in the scriptures because the word of God explains itself. Hallelujah. Glory be to Yeshua HaMashiach. Also, if you read verse chapter 11 of Proverbs, you read verses 24, 25. Can you read that one? No, 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 I don't keep skipping verses. Because some people, I hope, uh, will still read when you go home. I, uh, I pray that when you go home and listen to this message, when I when I say, please read this scripture, please do it at home. You might say you know it, but it's good to read it. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 11, 24. There is that scattered and yet increase And there is that withholdeth more tender poverty. You see, look at that life and see whether you fit in there. Those who think they are scattering when you are doing things in the house of God, you are building your world. You find the accusers who say you are wasting your money, you are scattering, you are doing this, you are doing that. Hey, time, somebody, hey, movie, somebody, hey, this and that. You know what they say. You've heard these things before. But it's a typical attack from the enemy all the time because he knows it works. It has worked on so many people. It's the tactic of the enemy to stop you building your wall. And so when you stop building your wall, when the, your time comes, when your time is cold, the records are looked at in heaven. How many of you know that God the Father, the true God, is the best bookkeeper in the whole world? I did accountants myself. No one does accounting better than God. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, one does, no one does double entry than God. Better than God. No one. Debit and credit. <laughs> no one does it better than God. Banking. No one does it better than God. Record keeping. No one does it better than God. All these things you find in the organizations, you will do record keeping. There is no organization that does not have records. No. You cannot, you cannot have an organization exist without records. Where do they learn it from? It's in the scripture. Aha. So heaven keeps records. So when you, your time comes, when something negative is said, when your boss says, I think we are likely to fire you, if you know that you are faithful in God, don't go and cry. Just go and look. Do what? Learn from this story. Learn from Hezekiah, ladies and gentlemen. That's the whole purpose of this message today. Learn that you have got a life assured, baby. Your life is assured. As long as you know you, have, you are not in default. If you have been in default, I pray that from today's you hear this message. Make sure from henceforth going forward, the God of Agape has given you the grace to go and fix it so that from now onwards, your record is straight. Go and straighten your records. Don't think you are being smart or clever because you are. You might end up losing out on the, prom on the, on the, on the promotion that was supposed to come your way. But because it, it, you are being unfaithful, the promotion will not come. You are losing out on the, another job contract that was supposed to come your way. Something else that God had in store for you. When scripture in Malachi says, so that you, if, when you are faithful in that, I will open windows. You don't know which window ah, yeah, 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 is, 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 is ready for God to open. But when you become unfaithful, when you lose, when you fail to pay your installment, you make, God will not open that window for you next week or next month or next year. You don't know when that window was supposed to be opened. You need to understand scripture. Hallelujah. So he said, there are those who scatter when you're releasing things, when you release your resources into the things of God, into the kingdom of God. To them and to others, it seems like you're scattered. Yes, it is scattering. But for a sower who will scatter things. So somebody say to yourself, I don't care. I'll just scatter. Just scatter. Just scatter by the way. Those who scatter according to scripture, 
they tell you, well, they are blessed. Those who withhold, the cashier, those who withhold their instruments, they are thinking they are clever, they become poor, they are tending to poverty, follows them. Somebody say, poverty is not my portion. Poverty is not so, my portion. I remember singing that song to you another time when we were together, when people say, me, I know go suffer. I know go for I know my daughter to do laugh when she is missing that. <laughs> you can only sing that when you know that you are faithful. <laughs> you, why would you suffer? If you are faithful in your in your installments, when they say you've got COVID, don't worry because COVID will go because you're faithful. When they say, oh, the boss is about to fire you, don't worry because you're faithful. Just show him a document. Just tend to your wall. Hallelujah. Your record of faithfulness in tithes and offerings and supporting the work of God and the servants of God will come to your rescue one fine day. Let me say it again, Church of God and people of God. Your record of faithfulness in tithes and offerings and supporting the work and the servants of God will come to your rescue one fine day. And you never know which day. That's why I've given you another nugget which is in the book. And is I've told you before, tithes and offerings may leave your hand, but they can never, they will never leave your life. Your record will help you to stand when the evil day comes. That's the meaning of that scripture. When I begin to share it with you, when I talk about time in, uh, in Ephesians, talk about you are therefore able to stand when the evil day comes. You know what that means? Because an evil day will come. But if you have been faithful with your instruments, you are able to stand. Stand therefore. Now, God's understanding of the word day, like I've said to you, is different from ours. If you read 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. Hallelujah. But if you go and read 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 10, it will tell you God's understanding of time. And I hope that one day, by God's grace, I'll be able to share, to release, uh, to, 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 to expurgate this, this scripture for you when God allows me to share the message on time. But his message makes it very clear that in, in that scripture, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 10, that to God one day is like a thousand years and vice versa. Some of you have never thought of that, but I'll come back another day. So your evil day may be your usual 24 hours. I made reference earlier on to the segments of time. One, one second is a segment of time. One minute is a segment of time. One day is a segment of time. One week is a segment of time. One month is a segment of time. One year and so on and so forth. So your evil day may be your usual 24 hours. It could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year, it could be three years, it could be five years or more. You think it's five years in terms of your counting as an individual, but to God it's just a day. You would say to yourself, I've been struggling for three years. But God does not look at that. To him, to God, is just a day. But after that period of time, hear me, house of Judah, that period of time which you call day, when it is over, you start your testimony, you experience the victory, and you understand God in a more mature way. Hallelujah, somebody. Let me say it again. 
Once your period is over, your evil day has come, however long it takes. I know some Christians have said, I praise God because we have even got a time frame to say, I've been faithful, I've been faithful. Yes, you have been faithful. Ah, but I'm still going through this. I'm going, ah, it has been a year now, it has been two years now, it has been three years now. It doesn't matter, just remain faithful because you are giving your definition of time your own way. But for you, maybe for God, in God's records, your day was equivalent to three years, your day was equivalent to five years. But let me say this again. After that period of time that you call day is over, ladies and gentlemen, you start your testimony. You experience the victory and you understand God in a more mature way. You stop judging. You stop living this life of holier than thou. You, you, you begin to grow up as a child of God with maturity. Many people don't understand God. Many. They think they do. That's why it is. I comment this, that, that, everything that happens. People don't understand God. I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, your father one day said, there is no day that will not arrive. You know how many people know that when you are about to get married, a young girl is preparing for the wedding. It sounds like it's very far, very far. When they are saying we're going to get married in, 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 in December 2022, ah. you'll be thinking, my goodness, I'm in December, I'm in October now, I'm in November now. It's just okay, December 22, I wish I could be there. When they start preparing, you think it's very, very far. <laughs> Hallelujah. All my daughters, when they are there, they are like, my goodness, sounds very far. But I'm saying to you, don't worry, my daughter. Bit by bit, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second, you are every time you wake up, you are we are moving towards that date. When I've taught you before that Akuna's there is no day that will not arrive. I can also say to you the same thing. Akuna's There is no day that will not pass. No matter how long you are going through it. That's why David the Psalmist who knew God says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, no it was not beautiful, it was not pretty in that valley. But he knew that it is a passing time. It will pass. As long as you are faithful in your God, as long as you know you are building your world, it shall come, it shall go, it shall pass. Say it with me. It shall come, it shall go, it shall pass. Hallelujah. As I finish and conclude, I want you to begin to think of the things that you have done and the things that you are doing in the house of God. What is the nature of the wall you are building? What is the size of the wall you are building? Hallelujah. God's assurance policy, heaven's insurance policy is being expounded to the church today. For God of Agape has insisted and claimed in the word, mentioned very specifically in the word of God. It is scriptural that when God has a message for the Catholic Church, that message is to come through the one he has appointed to be the leader of the Catholic Church. It is to come through the Pope. If you want to know what God is saying to the Catholic Church, you have to ask the Pope. That is how God works. He picks one visionary depending on how they pick themselves. They, he picks one visionary for each vision. And when he wants to speak his word, only the messenger that God appointed for that vision, he speaks his word to that person, to that messenger. And those who are connected to that messenger is the one who, who, who are the ones who hear what God is saying 
That's why scripture says, those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Hallelujah, somebody, in the book of Revelation. The God of Agape, the God of Israel, has got so many different servants of God, whatever you want to think about them, whatever you may say about them, but they are human beings like you. But God has appointed them out of his grace to lead, and he will speak the words of God. He has got, he, they are his appointed messengers. And no matter what their faults may be, he speaks, he continues to speak their message through them until the day they die. Then their issue with God is he will deal with them himself. But he never stop, he will never take away that calling upon them until the day everyone who is received a vision, who is a visionary, he is, according to biblical precedent, is to carry that anointing until the day they die. And it is one of the things that God will judge them upon. Not you, that's why he says, don't judge them. Those who know scripture, hallelujah. Do you know that even God, when he says, he does not even touch his own anointed himself. If you read scripture, I find when his servants met, messed up, so many times when, when, he, when he was giving the punishment, look at it, many of the lives of, from, from Moses to everyone, to through David to everyone, he would pronounce his, his case or whatever it is, punishment, not on the servant of God, but on his children and those who come after him. Why? Because the Bible says God is a servant of his word. His word says, touch not my anointed ones. Even him, he will not touch them. Let the church of God learn from this. And so many of us, we struggle, we put ourselves in a situation where we are in danger because we disrespect the scriptures. And we think it's better to follow the world. What the world says is what you should say. And I'm teaching you the things of God. Hallelujah. Assurance policy. When you are a child of God, the moment you say, Lord, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, come into my life, you are automatically from that point of view a child of God. But it doesn't say that you are now a holy person. No way does it say that. It doesn't say that you automatically become sinless. It automatically become someone who is who never makes a mistake. It's, it's, it's a misnomer of many people who the moment they hear that someone is a Christian, automatically they think that person is holy, is without fault. Yet scripture says, if we say that we are without fault, we make God a liar. So being a Christian does not necessarily make you a holy person. That means you have started on the journey of working out your salvation with fear and trembling until the day you meet with him in the clouds. We remain working in progress no matter what titles you may carry in the church. Mm. Carrying a title does not make you better than the other person. Mm. You are still human. You still continue to work out your salvation. You still continue to get better. If you fall, you get up again. If you make a mistake, you rise up and brush up and say, okay, uh, no more. And you brush up your feet, you brush up your feet, you, you cast out your clothes and you move again. That's what a child of God should do. We never stop worshiping God. We continue to worship God not because things are good for us, but we worship God because He is God. He remains God. Whether things are good for you or they're not good for you, he is God. So I worship him no matter what's happening in my life, no matter who is liking me, who is not liking me. I don't worship God because of my circumstances or because of what I'm going through or what I'm not going through. I worship God because he is God, period. And I continue to build my world. 
I will continue to build my wall. I will continue to make sure that my installments are paid. I will continue to do whatever it takes in the house of the Lord. No matter where I am, who I am with, no matter what my circumstances are, I will continue to follow the Lord. That's why I sing that song. I will follow. I will follow Yeshua. I will follow wherever he goes. I will follow. I will follow Yeshua wherever he goes. I will follow. I've sang that song. I will follow him wherever I am, wherever I'm near. I will never stop worshiping God. Not because I'm good. Not because I'm a better person. Not because I'm holy or righteous. I worship him because he is God and will always be God who deserves my praise and my worship. That should be your attitude towards God. Some people stop going to church because they don't feel good. You stop going to church because you've heard of something about someone and someone. What is that? That's not your issue. You don't stop going to church because of someone, because someone did this or you heard this. And there are so many people who stopped going to church because of what they heard. Does that mean God is no longer God? So it means you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something else. No matter what you hear on the news, whether you hear some great news on CNN, on BBC, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change God. God will remain God. And he deserves your praise. He deserves your worship. He deserves your attention. He deserves you to remain faithful. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the life assured is your life. Are you with me? The life insured is your life. Don't cause some circumstances or some situation or somebody to cause you to stop making your installments in the house of God, ah, yeah, 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 and you end up defaulting on your policy. Because when the evil day comes, when you're going to default, guess what? Like all assurance, insurance policies, they will also not pay up. What happens in the physical is a mirror or a reflection of what obtains in the spiritual. I want you to go and check the examples. Another, how these guys did. Look at David's, David's examples, for example. Second, I've given you some of them stories. You know how David did. Read the scriptures and see, see what David was doing in the house of God. No matter whether he messed up or not, he never stopped worshiping God. It's the same David who was with God when he was in the shepherd, as a shepherd, before he was king. He was the same David who God appeared to. He, he would kill the lions. He would do this and do that stuff. He would do miraculous. He was the same David who killed Goliath when the whole army was failing. The same young boy. But the same David who made who messed up a few years later. People can say, how can it be that he, he appeared, he was with God so long and was with God in the bush. He was with God when he, he, was with God when he, did, when he beat uh, uh, Goliath. But uh, how he then did this. So he is not a man of God because he made those mistakes. No, he remains the servant of God. That doesn't mean that whatever he did, when God was with him, you like the story of Goliath. Does that mean that does mean the story of Goliath is no longer valid? It's no longer true. Because he made mistakes later on. Does that mean that when God was appearing with him, when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, when he, he was tearing the lions with his own hands, can you imagine? Who can do that on this world? Who can do that, fight a lion with his own, a human being? That showed God was with him. He was a young man. But he made mistakes as, an, as, a, as he grew up. 
But still, he went back to God. And he, God, his God forgave him. He's God, he never leaves his servants, trust me. So, in other words, no matter what David went through, let us learn from these heroes of faith, as uh, scripture says, calls them. These Abrahams. You think, if you look read through the Pula's book, you think Abraham never made mistakes? But he's still our father. God calls him, we are, he's our father, Abraham. We are calling fathers ourselves through him. But you read the pillars, you find that he made many mistakes. Some of them will not be shared, but they are there in the book. Revelation. Everyone. But these people make sure, no matter what they went through, they make sure they continue to build their wall. They made sure that they would not have the circumstances, personal circumstances, personal situations, prevent them or stop them from putting in their installments. I have never stopped working for God. No matter what I go through, God remains God. I continue to give my installments. I continue to put in my installments because I'm building my wall. This is still, this is my, the life assured is mine. The assured life is mine. When you making your contributions to the insurance life, it's not for other person, it's for you. When you are paying payments to the insurance police for your car, it's for you well, for that day when you have an accident. If somebody forces you and persuades you and say, oh, because you're fighting this, we'll give you for whatever reason to say to you, stop being faithful or installments. Guess what happens the day you have an accident? Your evil day will come. And your insurance will not pay up. I hope the Church of God understands this. Second First Chronicles, read it in 20, 21 verse 26. You look at the examples of Solomon. Solomon learned from his father. How many of you know the force that Solomon had? Huh? Who among the people of God has ever had a thousand wives or women? But God still loved that man with all his faults. And he allowed him, instead of his father, he said, it is him, Solomon, who is going to build the temple. Today, the whole children of Israel, they still talk about the, Solomon, the temple built by Solomon. But yet Solomon was a man with so many faults. So many. But because the anointing and the calling of God was upon him, he had to do what he had to do. If you read Second Kings, First Kings chapter 3, for example, from verses 1 to 12, I don't have time, but you can read that. Also read Second Chronicles chapter 7. From verse 1 to 18, you will see what this man did. At one time, ladies and gentlemen, he made an offering of 144,000 animals. 144,000. This is the man who knew his God, who would not worry about his faults. He says, Oh, he did this and he did that, apart from 700 wives, which were his official wives. What about the other 300, which are called concubines? What were they? But the same man built the temple that the Jewish people are proud of to this day. But people are still fighting about in Jerusalem. The Muslims fight this, are fighting to have the temple, the same temple. The Christians are fighting to have the same temple. The Jewish are fighting. The, every religion wants that place, which was built by a man who was full of faults. But God commissioned him to build it. Why would God commission a, a sinner to do such things? That is his nature. Because he's God. It's not for us to judge Solomon or David. It's not for us. We are not allowed to do that. It's only God who deals with that. Touch not my anointed. If you read the story in 1 Kings chapter 3, you are amazed. Can you imagine? 
But yeah, 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 yeah. What can I say? What can I say? What can I say? Huh? God answers him. The Bible says in, in chapter 3, it says, that night he offered, he offered during the day 144,000 animals. That very same day, that same night, God appeared to him the day. <laughs> and then he said to him, ask me whatever you want. That's the man who had 700 wives and 1,300 concubines. That same person. God then said to him, because you are building your own like this, Ask me whatever you want. And I like, I wish, I pray that God will appear to me one day and they say, ask me whatever you want. That's why I'm telling you, because I understand a bit of scripture. No one has ever monopoly over knowledge of scriptures. But the little that I know, I apply it as best as I can. I will never stop building my wall, no matter what. My circumstances will not stop me from building wall, no matter who says what, because God remains on the throne. And he's the one I'm worshipping. He's the one who appeared to me. I know it's a true story. I know when he appeared to me, he did appear to me. I was not dreaming. Everything that happened to me, is I didn't ask him. I didn't, I didn't ask God to appear to me in prayer. He chose himself to do it. I didn't ask God. In fact, I was running from, from calling of God for many years. Those who know my story, they know this is true. The same thing with all the servants that he picked. Then he said, ask whatever you want. I say, I say to you, ladies and gentlemen, listening, why don't you cannot do such things in the house of God, such marvelous things in the house of God, that one day the Lord will ask, will say to you, ask whatever you want, and I shall give it to you. And you see, I want you to receive that. If you are faithful in the house of God, building your own like Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, and all the other servants of God, like Solomon and David, no matter what you are going through, no matter what your faults are, you remain faithful in the things of God. You remain faithful in, 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 in all the offerings of every nature. You remain faithful in building your wall. You remain faithful in your installments. I can assure you that a day will come. And let me speak prophetically to the church of God. It may be one person. It may be two people. But I can see it's going to happen to one of you that you have decided to remain faithful. One day, this what, what happened to Solomon shall happen to you. Ask whatever you want, and I shall give it to you. He, he, I hear people talking about the wisdom of Solomon. Give me the wisdom of Solomon. No, you want the wisdom of Solomon. Did you work like Solomon? Did you give like him? It's funny. People say, oh, pray. They pray. They can even pray in tongues and cry, cry. Look at what he did. What have you done to, to, to even ask of the wisdom of Solomon? And okay, if God gives you the wisdom of Solomon, what are you going to do with it? You are not a king. <laughs> you, are not a, you, are no, you are not ruling people. You will be confused with that wisdom because you don't know what to do with it. Just be faithful to God. Ask for your own. Let God appear to you. Ask, ask what you want. And specify to God what you want. Don't ask for wisdom, Solomon. But the Bible says Solomon answered wisely. He said, you have picked me a human being with many of my faults. You accept me. That's the agape, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to know agape, look at how God dealt with his servants. Solomon. David and all of them were adapted by God, loved by him unconditionally. That's what unconditional love means. And he demonstrated that to him, to all his servants, including to all of us. That's why Yeshua Hamashiach, his son, now comes and says, this is my commandment, that you love one another 
as I have loved you. That is the agape. He says, I'm showing my agape to you. You all have all kinds of faults and weaknesses, but I still love you. But people begin to stop worshiping God because the ones who want to, they want to point at the faults of the other person. As if you yourself, you are righteous. The spirit of self-righteousness has killed many. And it's in their own time. They, they, they think they are being smart, but God, they are just shooting themselves in the foot because they, they've not had time to, to, to they, the enemy has caused them to stop their insolvency. Their assurance policy is no longer valid. Their insurance policy is no longer valid. This is a very serious message to the church. It's funny how I hear that some people have stopped praising, worshiping God. Some people have already gone to the bar. Some people are busy thinking. Some people are now doing this because they say, I'm now doing this because of what? Does it mean that God is no longer God? <laughs> so look at Solomon's example. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Read that when you go have any time. Let's um, okay. Let's read seven uh, chapter one for example. Second Chronicles chapter one verse one to thirteen quickly. Uh, in fact, let me say this before I, before we start reading. If you want to understand the assurance policy of heaven, how it happened, and the, all these things I'm sharing with you, it's also in the book Pillars. By the way, I want you to refer to you to the Pillars book page two hundred forty four to two hundred eighty. Go and read it today, everyone. 244 to 280, go and read the pillars book today, that particular section. And you understand better. And you apply better. Hallelujah. But let's read quickly Second Chronicles 1, verse 1 to 18, my son. And Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord uh -huh. his God and the Lord his God was with him. And yes, very good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then Solomon spake unto all Israel, and to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and to the judges, and to every governor in all Israel, the chief of the nobles. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gideon, and there was a tabernacle of God, which most of the Lord made in the wilderness. But the ark of God Kidron Jiren to the place where mm -hmm. David had for he had fixed the for it at Jerusalem. Moreover, the brazen altar that Elizabeth, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord, and Solomon and the congregation saw unto it. And Solomon went up hither to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation. And offered a thousand burnt offerings to it. In that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast shown great my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me thy wisdom that may go up in before this people. For who can judge this people that it is so great? And God said unto Solomon, 
because this was in thy heart, and thou hast not asked for riches, wealth, or honour, nor the life of thine enemies. Yet ye have asked long life, but thou hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people, over whom I have named thee. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honour, such as none of the kings of the earth, such as none of the kings have ever had, have been before thee. Neither shall there be like unto thee. Then Solomon came from his journey to the high place that was at Gibeon to Jerusalem, from before the tabernacle of the congregation, and reigned over Israel. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. You see what these servants of God were doing in the house of God. You see this God who is faithful, who watches those who are faithful in this area. Hallelujah. You see the story. You see what he says there. After he had done what he did, verse 7 says, In that night did God appear unto Solomon. That in the same night. If you read the other parts, you will find out what did he do that? What what cause? I have said you before. Prayer moves mountains, yes. Faith can move mountains. But faithful installment contributions moves God. I gave you that nugget earlier. Faithful offering and tithes moves God. You want to do something, there's nothing in the house of God and in the worship of God that is more central to worship of God than offerings and tithes. That's why the enemy attacks every Christian. I can assure you, every child of God who is a child of God, no matter which part of the world they are, I, they know, they said, you also know what I'm saying. The enemy does not stop attacking you in this area because he knows the power. After he did what he did, the offering that he did, imagine offering 144,000 animals in one offering. What is he going to do tomorrow? <laughs> what did he do the week after? So in verse 7, in that night God appeared unto Solomon and said unto him, ask what I shall give thee. And I'm saying this prophetically, that this is going to happen to someone in Agape. It's going to happen to those who are faithful. Hear me, house of Judah. It's going to happen. That's why God has allowed me to release this word, which is talking about the assurance policy. Remember, the life assured is yours. The life insured is yours. But the time is coming to those who are faithful. And I decree it between now. It's going to be happening big time. Between this month, from tomorrow, the 1st of November 2021, to the 31st of December 2022, this is a long period of 12 months. 12 months, God is giving me, that this thing is going to happen to some people in Agape, that they will be they will be so faithful, they will have been so faithful in every area. There's no way they ever defaulted. But God is going to is saying to me, that for those who are going to be like that, and who are like that, I'm going to come up in the house of Judah, called Agape for Honest International. I'm going to come up in the house of Judah that you are leading as my servant. Uh, hashtag the real Agape. And I'm going to come up to those who are faithful in their installments. And I'm going to say to those one or two or three or whatever number they are, it's up to you to know which one, whether it's going to be. But this is a prophetic pronouncement I'm going to, to say right now. And you shall know it when it happens. You shall see it when it happens because God is going to bless some people in a way that will blow our minds up. You shall hear that thing, 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 this, this, and that. Is a, and so and so and so and so. 
When it begins to happen, remember this prophetic statement that God is going to ask, he will ask in the night. It's going to happen in the night when someone is either sleeping or when they are in the bedroom or something is going to happen. You find the God of the Bible will appear to you in a dream or in a vision. He will ask you this question. What do you want me to give you? And when that happens, don't, don't, don't be usanyare, don't try to, to be humble. Speak to God. Say exactly what you want. Don't ask for Solomon's wisdom like I've already taken. Ask for what you want. If you want to be a billionaire, say, God, I want to be a billionaire. God wants to know why I want to be a billionaire. Say, I want to be a billionaire so I can contribute more into the house of God. I want to be a businessman, a successful businessman. Ask, ask what you want. It's going to happen. Because he did it to Solomon. He didn't do it because Solomon was a, was a holy man. And you know he wasn't. But the God of Agape was with him and he's going to be faithful to those who are faithful in their installments. Hallelujah, somebody. Those who support the work of God and the servant of God will have this experience. I want you, when you have time for the sake of time, you know that I've told you before that those who support the work of God and the servants of God are supported by their God. Hallelujah. Go and read 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 63. Go and read Numbers chapter 18, verse 1 to 5. You have time. You find these scriptures are in the pillars book. Go and read 2 Chronicles chapter 3, okay? Chapter 31, verses 4 to 6. I'm releasing these scriptures for the sake of time because I need to go. I want you to understand how important this matter of, 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 of being faithful in the area of installments God is. How important this matter is when you now understand what insurance policy is. You need to understand that you are the assured life. You are the insured life. And anything that you do that is not faith and that is not faithful, guess what? You are shooting yourself in the foot. You are defaulting yourself. And don't be surprised when the God of Agape will not honor his, his sight. Because he's a he's he's a he's a God of contract. We we have spoken that he's a he's a he's a, he's a, he's a covenant keeping God, covenant keeping God. You have sang sang that song. People just sing songs without understanding. This is a covenant of your life. Covenant of your life. As long as you are faithful with your side of the covenant, I can assure you, the God of Agape will be faithful and will surprise you in the next twelve months. That's the period that's been given. From tomorrow, the 1st of November to the 31st of December. It's a period of 12 months. The 31st of December, 2022. Mark my words. As a prophet of God, at least this prophecy. And I want to partake of this prophecy too. Even as seven of God. I also want it. Because I'm, I'm doing my best to be as faithful as I can every day of my life. So I pray that I also be part of partake of this. I don't want to leave myself in this prophecy. Because I'm also a child of God. I also love God. Even when you look at the life of the... When God says, support my people, he has got a plan. It's part of the insurance document. Read the story, for example, um, in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 19. Okay, can you read that? Take heed to thyself that I forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth. You go and assimilate that in your spirit. Do not forsake the Levite. There are certain things when God picks up, He wants you to pay attention to the Levite, the life of the Levite. Go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 to 14. Go and read Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 30. Go and read, go and read Pillars, book 24, 244-280. Go and read Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 to 19. You understand why it's important. 
that even he, when he is called to the servant of God, he, I had to resign from my work. I was uh, <laughs> I was doing well at the university as a professor there of accounting and finance. I could have just stayed there. But the moment God called me to do the vision, I had to leave that. I had to, according to the calling of a Levite, according to the calling of a prophet of God, who is supposed to do the, I can't be doing this and doing work and still doing the work of God. He said, leave that and I will look after you. He look after me through you, the people of God. That's what you find they were doing to the men of God, Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 to 19. And then he says, my God shall answer you and address your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Yeshua, Amashiach, Jesus Christ. He is the man of God who has got the authority to say, my God shall answer you. My God shall reward you according to his riches. Because he is the one who was called by God. You find in the story of Proverbs chapter 27, verse 18, he said the servants of God are the fig tree. Whoever is supporting the fig tree is the ones who get who is the fig themselves. You know the stories of the Shunammite woman, the widow of Zarapeth. If I had the time, I will share with you from Luke chapter 8. They talk about uh, the wife of Chusa. I've said that before. When you hear the Bible talking about the wife of Chusa, Anna, the wife of Chusa, where is Mr. Chusa? We are hearing that in that scripture. It means Mrs. Chusa was the one who was building the wall, but Mrs. Chusa was somewhere. It's another story for another day. I heard another prophet, another uh, pastor one day in Zimbabwe. Before I understood these things, I used to even criticize what he was saying, but now I, I ask God to forgive me. Because he was a pastor originally uh, from Malawi, you know, but he would speak in the Malawian language. You know, in Zimbabwe, there's many people of, the, of Malawian origin. We thank God for them. And one of them was my, my leader. One of them was my pastor in the, in the church that I was going to that time. And they were, they were teaching us about this area. And I used to, I, before I understood it, I used to struggle like everyone else. But I thank God it didn't take me two days or five days or a year. I, I, I once I go, understand good, understood God, I never quarreled with God on this area. I thank God. I may have other faults, but when it comes to understanding God in terms of my installments, the ensured life is mine. The assured life is mine. You can never say or do anything that will stop me from being faithful. So this guy would teach us and he says, you must do this, you must do that. It's the right thing, it's scriptural for you to support me as your pastor, as your servant, as the apostle, as whatever you are saying. And then he would then say to me, yeah, not to me, but he was teaching one day. And then he says, and I may quote him exactly the way he said, he says, he was saying scripture. That's what you should do. If you look at the structure of the temple, I, I, I wish I could teach for I, I, I don't know what to do. If you look at the structure of the temple, see pages 42 to 43 and 45 of the pillars book. Again, this, this book is loaded, ladies and gentlemen. Don't play with this book. Go and read pillars page 42 to 43. If I had time, I was going to read it with you. And then 45 as well. You find the way the temple was structured. You find that as soon as you enter, there are three things to the temple. The first thing, the first thing was the entrance. The second thing was the courtyard. Guess what the third thing was? The bronze altar of burnt offerings. So before you even start talking about worshiping God, before you could do that's why scripture now says, 
you cannot come before the Lord God empty-handed. You need to understand how God honors this area of working for Kushandramari, who are faithful, how God honors this. He made sure that in the construction of the temple, the bronze altar of offering was the third thing. The first thing was the entrance. The second thing was the courtyard. The third thing was the offering. Before you proceed any further, before you go anywhere else, you must put your bull or your cow or your whatever animal you brought for your offering. If you haven't done that, you can't proceed into the temple. Look at that. That's according to the structure. If you, or you cannot pass the bronze altar of offering and then go into the temple without doing that. God will not honor you. You can go and still do whatever and still pretend to speak in tongues. But God is saying we have passed the bronze offering. Now you, you, you didn't do anything. You came to me empty-handed. How can you do that? It's illegal in the house of God. You have not paid your installment for today. You expect me to pay up when time comes. Read the scriptures. Read, find out. And also, if you check, the same structure was for the tabernacle, ladies and gentlemen. It's also, you got it. You don't have to go and do research. Read again the same book, our pillars. Oh my goodness, this book is amazing. The pillars book from page 56 to page 58. You will see the tabernacle was structured in the same way. The tabernacle that Moses built. The, the temple was built by Solomon. The tabernacle was built by Moses. God gave them the same structures. The tabernacle was smaller. It could be carried by men. The temple was bigger. You had to go inside. But the tabernacle was still the same way that the first thing was the entrance. The second thing was the... Uh, so the first thing was the entrance, yes. The second thing was the courtyard. The next thing was the offering point. Same structure. For you to understand how God honors Whatever you do in the house of God, everything that you do, whether it's a little contribution here, a little this and a little that, don't ever grumble, don't ever complain, people of God, because you are building your wall, and the wall is built mortar by mortar, brick by brick. It may be a small little brick for someone, don't worry about the size of the brick, you are building your wall, brick by brick, mortar by mortar. So Hezekiah's protection was in building the walls of Jerusalem. Yes, this was a physical war. But you look how the physical war became a spiritual issue, became a spiritual issue which affected his spirit, which, which was going to cause the termination of his life. The Bible now says in our anchor scripture that when the prophet of God spoke his death sentence, the man of God did not worry. He just looked at his record. He just looked at his wall. He turned to his wall. And I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, this is the point. This is the time when you can no longer worry about what people say or concentrate on the, on the comments of people. But you can decide from this day onwards to say to yourself, come water, come fire, come hell, come sunshine. And remember, worshiping of God, there's nothing more selfish than this. Because whatever you do in the house of the Lord, you are contributing to towards your own contributions. You are making contributions towards your life, the assured. Remember, the assured life is your life, not the life of your mother, not the life of your father. That's why salvation is personal. God of Agape has told me to teach you that salvation is personal. For your own information, insurance policies are personal. You cannot transfer, I cannot transfer the insurance policy of my car to another person. If I want to include you on that insurance policy, I have to officially mention you by name and I have to make a adjustments to monthly contributions. Amen. So, you cannot ensure your life for others. Salvation is personal. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. <laughs> this is a whosoever moment 
Ladies and gentlemen, as I conclude, it's a whosoever moment because the life assured is your life, not the life of the other person. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Matarida. We are talking of life assurance policy. Whosoever believeth in him should have everlasting life, should have eternal life. Your life assurance policy is here, ladies and gentlemen. We are all building our walls, whatever it is you are doing. You build your wall in England. You build your wall in Scotland. While you are in Scotland, while you are in Northern Ireland, while you are in Wales, while you are in Zimbabwe, whatever part of Africa you are, Kenya, Malawi, Nigeria, whatever you are, South Africa, Swaziland, wherever you may be, Uganda, wherever you may be, Nigeria, wherever you may be, USA, New York, New Jersey, wherever you may be, you are my children. Wherever you are in South Africa, in any part of the world, you continue to build your wall. Why? Because the insured life is your life. It's not the life of your wife. So if you find that your wife is not being faithful, you can only advise the wife to say, you know what, you are wasting your time. Because if you think you are cheating the prophet or the apostle, you are only being unfaithful, you are only being in default. The life assured is your life. The life insured is your life, ladies and gentlemen. Are you hearing me, House of Judah? I have to share this insurance policy for the church so you understand the insurance policy of heaven. So do not ever think you can hide behind a brother. If your brother is honoring God by being faithful, don't say because my brother is like this. If your husband is being faithful and you are the wife, you are not being faithful. Your sum, your life assured is your life. Your sum assured, you are decreasing it by your behavior. No one can do this for you. Salvation is personal. You cannot say the faithfulness of my father. If your father is faithful and you are a child, you have to find your own faithfulness because the life assured is your life. Are you hearing me? No matter how young you are, and I thank God in the vision, we've got young people. All the children that I've seen in the vision, we've got uh, uh, the, the board member children, we've got people who are faithful, we have got uh, the, the evangelist children, we've got children of the senior envoys and the envoys and the attaches. They are also in their own way because their parents are teaching them to be faithful. So they know that they are helping them. They are making them, making them to sign their own assurance policy documents. Because ladies and gentlemen, this is a very serious message in the church. The life assured is yours. Salvation is personal. You need to understand this from this day. That's why it's important to teach your children to learn to be faithful in this area from day one, from day go. That's why I told you before, when I taught you about the Jewishness challenge, the Jewish people, but they don't even need to be taught this when they are 20 because by the time they are two or three they already know they know the importance that's why you have never seen a jewish person who is poor learn from that you have never seen no matter which part of the world you go tell me if you have ever seen a jewish person who is poor you know why they know they are never in default they are building their world they will teach their children from day one because they know that unless their child also learns to sign up for their own contract, to sign up their own document, they cannot transfer the life assurance policy to the other person, only when they die. But you are not going to wait until your father dies for you to begin to enjoy the benefits. You are not going to wait. All your life will be wasted. Begin to be faithful in your own way, in your own insurance policy. With the, you, if you wait for the father to die, that's some assured. That's what you gain. But if you, your father dies when he's hundred, and by the time by the time he dies, you are seventy or you are fifty, it means your life in for fifty years you were struggling. You did not have anything because you didn't have your own insurance policy. 
to cover you. Are you with me, church? This is heaven's life assurance and insurance policy that I have released to the church today. You need to understand this. That no tekada, there's nothing that you do in the house of God that is a loss. No matter what you do, everything that you do in the house of God is accounted for in heaven, is recorded in heaven, is contributing towards your work. So when your moment comes, when your day of evil comes, just return, don't talk to people, just turn to your wall. And I ask you to stand up right now. Begin to look at the sefika, the things that you've done. Begin to look at yourself and consider your faithfulness record. Begin to look at, don't be your own judge, don't wait. That's why I say judge not, but you are not allowed to not judge yourself. You can judge yourself, you can say, God, I, I'm, I'm looking at myself, I've not been faithful. Don't judge others, judge yourself. People like to judge others, but you are not supposed to judge anyone else. You are not allowed. But people like it. They enjoy it. I've told you before. They say something about so and so. Ah, this thing, that. Then they hear them saying, I'm not judging. So why? what are you doing? <laughs> You've just said something about a person. Then you say, ah, by the way, I'm not judging the person, but I just want to say this. People of God, let us learn. I want you to stand up with me and begin to look at your own life and say to yourself, what have you learned from this day, from the life of this man, Hezekiah, who did this thing when he was, he was 85, for example, but because he did not quarrel with the prophet, he just told it to his record. He knows his record. He knew himself. He knew he was faithful. He knew he had built the wall. He knew he had done things in the house of God. He never missed out on installment. So he said, uh-uh, it's okay, God has spoken to that. I'll just go to, 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 to invoke the negotiation principles, the negotiation contracts. I'll just negotiate with God. And I just say, Lord, look at my record. And the record is spoke on his behalf. And his lifespan was extended. Someone's lifespan is going to be extended in Agape. You know, when he gave me the vision, he said, no one will die in this vision without their time. But that only applies to those who are under me. That only applies to those who are within the vision. That applies to those who are following their father, because that promise was given to me. No one else can make that can claim that God spoke to them about that. No one else can ever. In fact, for any information, there's not a single person who can tell you that God spoke to them about Agape, the vision of Agape, except me. So if, if they are leading you in their calling the vision, Agape, you ask them, when did God call you about this vision? When did God speak to you about this vision? How can you lead the vision of Agape when, you know, when God has not spoken to you to lead it? And faith, when God has already picked someone else, I cannot go and say I want to lead T.D. Jack's church today. No matter what, what happened to T.D. Jack's, no one can do that because God spoke him to him. So I'm saying to you, this is a message that God has given to me to the church. For you to live in knowledge, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. You are not going to perish. You are not going to be in lack of knowledge. Because today, you are daft, daft knowledge. You are full of knowledge. You know, yes, you knew this area. But with the way God has given it to me, you now have a better understanding. You now have a richer understanding. You now operate with maturity. Whatever you do in the house of the Lord, everything you do for the for God, everything you do for the servant of God, it is it is it is written, it is confirmed. Hallelujah! So I want you to, as you stand up, just begin to. Um, uh, I, when people say close your eyes. You don't need to close your eyes. You can close your eyes. You can open your eyes, but you can raise your hand in worship. But begin to raise your hands and just begin to ask God. Begin to be just just go before the Lord, just as you are. Be as real as you can be. You know yourself, and God knows you. Never mind what other people have said about you. 
You know yourself and God knows you. I want you to take this opportunity to make corrections if you have, uh, if you have not been faithful. When I went to school, we had to do corrections if you messed up, even on spelling. If you messed one one word and you failed to correct to spell it correctly, I don't know if they still do it to this day. But those days, the the way to correct it so that you don't forget, the teacher would ask you to write the same word the whole page. The whole page, one word. You read it until you finish the whole page with one word in the correct way. And there's no way you ever forget it again. It's called corrections. That's what it was called in our day. But this is a moment of correction for some of us. If you don't, if you now understand that you you thought you maybe you are you are fixing someone or fixing the church or whatever, it's no, 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 no. It's your life assured that you are messing about with. This is the insurance policy and the insurance policy of heaven. All the insurance companies you see in this world, that's where they get their inspiration from. It's all in the scripture. It's all in the word of God. And I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, the children of Agape, as you pray now, begin to pray with me. Let's all pray together. Let's begin to pray. Be as honest and as real as you can be. Begin to ask God. You don't have to shout it because you don't want the next person to hear. But begin, if you, unless, you, unless you are alone in that house, just begin to remember like that other woman of God who the Bible says what? Just remembering, saying something, committing, communicating with God. Just begin to communicate yourself with God. Begin to tell Him where where you were failing. Begin to tell Him that from today onwards, I'm going to be faithful with my sermons. I'm not going to miss on my sermons because now I understand this. I now understand this thing better. Begin to pray with me right now. Let's all go before the Lord for one minute. Let the God of Agape help you. And if you have been faithful, just begin to thank God and say, at least God, I tried my best. But even my best, maybe was not my best. I'll continue to do more. Begin to tell him that you are going to be even more faithful now because you now have even a better understanding. Begin to tell God that. Make that contact of understanding with God. Begin to appreciate God and say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. God will make a way for you. God will make a way for you to find the provision that you need. Just begin to pray. Let's pray together. Father, the one and only to God. Thank you for your word. You have given us a word today, Almighty Father, those that we can understand. Even your word says, Those Makata, your children shall not perish because of lack of knowledge. Not us, because we have received knowledge, your Father. Help me, O God, to apply this knowledge today in my life, not just today, but forever. So that, O Father, God, that day will come as you have prophesied today, that in the next 12 months, from tomorrow onwards, you are going to appear to some people who are faithful. You are going to say to them, Tell me, ask me, tell me what you want, and I'll do it for you. Father, I pray that you happen to me too. I pray that you happen to my brother. Here. I pray that it will happen to my sister there. Almighty Father, I pray that if it's called it's not impossible for that to happen to everyone who is hearing this word today. It's not impossible for this to happen to everyone, everyone who is hearing my word today, Father God. Let it happen. My prayer is that it will happen to everyone, oh God, so that your people are blessed. How my heart feels with joy when I see your people moving with blessing. How my heart feels with joy when I see my children blessing their lives. How my heart feels with joy when I see my, my children living a decent beautiful lives, beautiful homes, good houses, good cars, decent living, Almighty Father, no matter where they may be, but it all comes from being faithful. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for your word. I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. For this is the day that you have met. We shall rejoice and shall be glad in it. Father, I thank you. I have shared your word with your people as best as I could do, as best as I could read it. I have released it the way I could release it. Oh, Father God, I thank you. Let your people now, Almighty Father, I as they're going to the cart, help them to apply it. Let the enemy not steal an iota of this word from their lives. 
in the mighty name of the Lord Yeshua Hamashiach, I prayed. And everybody says, Amen. God bless you, people of God. I love you so much. Remember the insurance policy and assurance policy of heaven. It's real. May God bless you. Remain signed on the insurance policy. On the insurance policy. Next while the document remains alive. Make sure as you build your wall day by day, brick by brick. Remember the message of the Lord. And God will bless you and keep you. God bless you. I love you so much. Begin to love one another. Agape is love. God bless you. Agape Woye. That's me, Prophet Shokobishi, Apostle Shokobishi, signing off.